Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Judge not, lest you be judged. This seems lost in today's world. There's a lot of judgment going on. Judgment related to racial issues. Judgment related to pandemic issues. Judgment related to political issues. If you don't believe this, then you're that. Not wearing a mask? Oh no. Wearing a mask? Oh. Believe in BLM? Good. Want to extend that to all lives? Oh, not so fast. Trump? Biden? Other? You get the picture. We as Christians are not to judge others. This is different than discernment in a given situation. Discernment looks at a situation or thing and makes a rational, educated, and thought-out decision. I'm probably not taking the family for a 3 a.m. stroll along the canal in Indy. No offense, but I've seen the news, I've been watching, nor am I headed to Florida for next week. Discernment. I can choose to do or not do without sin. Judgment that labels another, slanders or ruins another's reputation, even if the accusation is true, is wrong when the authority to do so is absent. It's a sin. We are to fear and love God so that we do not tell lies about our neighbor, betray him, slander him, or hurt his reputation, but speak well of him and explain everything in the kindest way. When was the last time you saw that on the evening news, in politics, or even in your daily life? We all want to catch someone in sin or something that looks like sin and get in our dig, our comment, our Twitter, or our Facebook shot. Judging another, we sinfully think, raises us above the stink and mess they are in, putting us on higher ground as we judge their misdeeds. It is done while trying to explain their act is it done while trying to explain their actions in the kindest way? Not so much. This is one reason that judgment is the Lord's and not that of and that of those he has put in authority. You may ask, when was the last time the Lord put someone in a position of authority to judge? Parents can pretty well answer that question as it relates to their children. If you've been in court, you can answer that question. We may not like the one in authority or their demands. My bottom was set on fire a few times as a kid, and I'm pretty sure in that moment I was not my mom's biggest fan. But God has ordained offices of authority. God raises up and takes down earthly authorities, even in a free country like ours, with our votes. Those we elect make the law and judge or appoint an or appoint judges to do so. And when the judge tells you that that will be $400 for the speeding ticket, we do not usually respond with, thank you, your honor, well done. No. Most often, judgment is passed on sin. If everything went before a judge was handled in a godly manner beforehand, there would be no need for judges to hear property rights cases, civil matters, and especially criminal matters. One is usually not in court unless there is a disagreement, 
the Lord thankfully gives us good government. Could it be better? You betcha. Could it be worse? Look around the world. Government of any kind, even if not perfect, is far better than nothing. I think we have seen that. We have seen what happens when government and authority simply pull back and let CRM rule. That is, Camp Runamuck. Camp Runamuck comes into play when authority is grabbed by those who do not rightfully possess it. The consequences are not good. Read about Korah's rebellion in Numbers 16. Korah and his band, they they were not particular fans of the authority God had put in place. They sought to take matters into their own hands as it related to the temple and their position. Let's just say things did not work out so well for them, their followers. They were judged by God. As a society, we live by laws and rules. Think of the fourth through the tenth commandments, the second table of the law that is written on the hearts of all who God has created. And that would be all people, even those who wish to or choose to ignore it. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Sort of the theme this week. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his maidservant, manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Seems so old-timey. When's the last time you coveted your neighbor's ox or donkey? But you probably coveted something. You want to see what's wrong with society? Think on those. I don't care if you're white, black, red, purple, or what your identity is. The angels in heaven rejoice when a sinner is brought to repentance and faith in Christ. Do they cry when they see the goings-on in our time or similar times in the past? All of creation is groaning in these end times, these last days. We are living them. And don't think I'm about to pick that time out for God when He comes back. That time is His and only His to know. The end times have been going on now for some 2,000 years since Christ's birth, death, resurrection, and ascension into heaven. We await His return. In God's perfect timing, Christ will return. As we wait, we, His people, are told not to judge. The end will come, the sheep and the goats will be separated. Christ will judge. With faith in God, why would we judge? We are woefully ill-prepared. We let prejudice enter the picture. Some will say, well, not me. I'm not prejudiced. I I would not prejudge someone or something. We're sinful. We can't deny it, nor can I. In our own sinfulness, we judge a person for their sin or perceived sin. And the next moment, we commit an equally or worse sin. Recall the words of Isaiah, woe is me. I'm a sinner, a man of unclean lips. As our gospel text read, how can you say to your brother, brother, let me take that speck that is in your eye out when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? A log. It's a great image, isn't it? (laughs) You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck that is in your brother's eye. The first three commandments. You shall have no other gods 
You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. These tell us how our relationship to God, our righteous and holy judge, is to be kept by us who are poor, miserable sinners. And we walk around with logs in our eyes, failing to see the enormity of our own sin and repent of it. Do we recognize some of the sin in our lives? Sure. God gives us that ability so that we will repent. But do we recognize all of it? No. What is God's judgment for those who do not keep all of his commandments? I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. It's all small catechism. Pull it out. Read it. You shall have no other gods. We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Oops. Our lives require repentance and forgiveness. It is the recognition of one's sin and a turning to God in brokenness, seeking forgiveness for the sake of Christ Jesus. It is living our baptism daily, recalling who we are in Christ and the regenerated life we live while asking forgiveness for our failings. It is not a life by our own use of force, but by the love of God for us. Remember, without Jesus, we can do nothing. This sometimes utopian movements we see where there is a seeking of peace with no love for God, the triune God, no rule or norm or supreme judge that is truly righteous and good is a hoax of the devil to advance your life at the expense of someone else's. To say, this race is better, this race is worse. If you're not with us, you're totally against us. To value life for what it's, it seems in its own grandeur and accomplishment. Where the fetus is insignificant and the aged have no more to offer, their lives cast aside. It's all a sin. It needs to be called sin. Only in this way can repentance and forgiveness do its work and the love of God abound to send the devil packing. In this fallen creation, this life of sin, we are not to judge. God has given us authorities over us. They're hopefully parents. If there are no parents, where is respect for authority to be learned? Beyond them are teachers, government authorities, and others that hopefully judge and thereby mold society in a God-fearing way. What should we do in the face of injustice? Pray. Pray that God would soften the hearts of all to hear his word of peace and reconciliation between God and man. Pray that the converted would live a sanctified and holy life of service to their neighbors, speaking well of them and protecting them from evil. So what we must do in the face of injustice? Not commit more injustice. Can we march and protest? Yes. We've done that, haven't we? We've stood out with signs against injustice in the world, against abortion. Can we trespass and destroy another's property and reputation? No. To help him maintain his property and prove it. Can and should we speak of our neighbor in a bad way? No. Protect his reputation. 
We as Christians are called to speak truth and peace in a way that is winsome to our neighbor, not in a judgmental fashion. We are to protect our neighbor's reputation and not speak badly of our neighbor. It is not our place to do so unless called upon by proper authorities, called to testify. By the grace of God, we have been, been given great independence in this country, and we celebrate it this weekend. Our civil government can punish or not, but forgiveness is only found in Christ. Only then can one live out a life of good works that is pleasing to God our Father and be of true benefit to one's neighbor, a life that is being sanctified, made more in the image of Christ until the day we die and leave this veil of tears, judgment, and prejudice. Sin, all sin, is a terrible ailment that kills. It kills us personally, and it kills us as a society. It is marked by desire for another's God-given place and positions in life. Go back to Korah's rebellion. A spouse, possessions, job, even life itself. And it also is marked in one's unwillingness to protect those same things for one's neighbor. Thanks be to God that he forgives through faith in Christ Jesus. He is slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. He tells us that he shows love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Christ Jesus has done that perfectly for you. He has suffered for your sins and mine. He has won forgiveness for us so that our sins are remembered no more. He has taken the log out of our eye. He has done what we cannot do for ourselves. As we are one with Christ in baptism, there are times we must simply love and care for our neighbor as we suffer and pray for proper judgment and justice, God's good and gracious timing, while praying, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen.